Well, howdy doody, everybody. This is uh, Father Christian here at uh, A Priest and a Rabbi. I'm glad you found us here because I know this other priest and a rabbi podcast out there. Anyway, don't, don't, don't jump off this podcast and go search for them. You're here now and I'm glad you're here. Uh, and, uh, uh, and so I, today we like, we, we like to obviously bring you hot topics, relevant topics. Um, and today we're going to take on uh, the topic of diversity within our worship spaces. And unfortunately I don't have my rabbi next to me because rabbi's got to do rabbi work, man. And when, when God calls, God calls. And so he's doing that. And so today I'm going to bring on to talk about this topic of how do we create a more diverse environment within our congregations? Uh, well, whether you're Jewish, Muslim, Christian, uh, wherever you are, uh, how do you do that? And is it like, where do you even begin when you look at your congregation? And be like, gosh, we're all homogenous. We all look the same. Uh, does that really reflect the kingdom of God? Um, how, how do I do that? So I, I called up a good friend, Sandra Montez. Um, she is the author of Becoming Real and Thriving in Ministry. Hot off the press. It's so hot. My fingers are burning. I'm putting SPF 50 on my face just to look at it. Uh, Sandra, welcome to the podcast. Are you ready to rock and roll? It's just you and me, sister. Are you a little worried? I am never worried about that because you're amazing. And I don't say howdy doody, but I say hola. <laughs> <laughs> so right off the bat, you know, like her book, she is bilingual. And um, one th I love that about your book. Like after, at the, at the, after the chapter, you got it in Spanish as well. So yeah, I'm sure that added a lot more work when you were, when you were writing it. So to write in both languages. <laughs> Did you do the translation too? Oh, yeah. You know, one of the things that those of us who are uh, multilingual, you want to have your voice, you know, be heard. So, yeah, totally did that. And it's a little different uh, because I know that, uh, you know, those of us who are Latinx people and Spanish speakers, we also have other things that we have to look at, not just, you know, in our diversity. So, well, you know, just let me just add this. So with the minimal Spanish that I know, um, I'm going to I'm going to check and I'm going to try to read your first chapter in Spanish now. Awesome. And see if I get a different feel like, oh, oh, that was communicated a little differently because she was able to emphasize something differently through through the language. You know, I've noticed that in the Bible when I'll be like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, when I read it, was it Dia, Dia de, Dia, what is it? De yeah, Oi? Yeah. Oh. Well, what's, what's the, the real common Spanish translation of the Bible that people Dios, use a lot? Yeah. Dios habla hoy. Oh, yeah. I nailed that. Oh yeah. I mean, I just, cry. I was all over that. You were, you were. You did, I'm, yeah. I'm so multilingual. I'm just I so mean, conscious. My gosh. <laughs> all right. So before I make even more of a fool of myself, let's, let's get ready to do this show. We're going to be talking about, again, uh, diversity within our worship spaces and how, how do we create more of an environment that really reflects the kingdom of God. So uh, God bless you, Sandra. Let's buckle up and let's get ready to roll. Yay. Yay. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the program hosts and their guests and are not necessarily those of WSTU, St. Mary's Episcopal Church, and Temple Bait Chaim. Products that may be mentioned are not necessarily intended as an endorsement. Any reproduction or retransmission of this broadcast is strictly prohibited. And now, WSTU presents a priest and a rabbi. Call in with questions and comments at 220-9788, 220-WSTU. Now, here's your host. Well, good morning. Good morning, everybody. This is Father Christian Anderson from St. Mary's Episcopal Church here in Steered, Florida. Um, I 
am without my rabbi this morning, so I need you all to call in and save the day. Any rabbis out there, please call in. Uh, what am I kidding? This is Stuart Florida. So anyone out there who attends, who attends the temple, please call in because we need the Judeo-Christian lens throughout the show. We pride ourselves on this, especially today, since today we're going to be talking about why do we experience a lack of diversity within our own worship spaces, right? Whether you're whether you're Jewish, whether you're Christian, whether you're Muslim, we, we worship this God who created us all so beautifully different. Uh, and we celebrate that in our scripture, the celebration of all these different people that God created. However, when it gets down to it and we get down to business and we start worshiping, it, it is very rare. It, it is, it's not like it doesn't happen, but it is very rare uh, to find a worship space that is uh, very diverse, equally diverse. Um, and so why, why, why is that? Let's, let, let's, let's talk about that. Let's, let's, let's parse that out. And I think we'll have to do a part two of this so we can bring in uh, the rabbi because he is taking care of some very important rabbi business. Um, but today, you know, I said, you know, listen, I got to get a guest who can help carry this show, who's smarter than me, <laughs> who is funnier than me, uh, who has more wisdom and is just brilliant and a gift uh, to the work of God um, in our world. And I was like, well, Sandra Montez, duh. <laughs> so Sandra Montez is a dear friend. I've seen her uh, throughout the country at different um, church gatherings for the Episcopal Church, but she is a woman who goes beyond the walls and you can't tie her down to denominations. Uh, she is the author of Becoming Real and Thriving in Ministry. Uh, but because of her gifts, whether they're musical, theological, liturgical, uh, she has a lens that really helps the church and she the, uh, to expand uh, their purview. And uh, I would say that Sandra Montez has the gift of a prophetic voice, meaning that she is not afraid to call BS on any situation going on the church. She's not afraid to go on social media or to speak out and say, I, I, this is not representing what the kingdom of God is all about. And we need to change this. And, and, I, and I am grateful for her because to have a prophetic voice is not easy. You will get pushed back and sometimes you're not liked for doing it, but I am grateful for her. So how about that, Miss Sandra, for, for an intro? Uh, I love you, dear, and I'm glad you're on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. You know, it's funny when you say that I have more wisdom. It, I feel like you're calling me old. Is that what you're trying to do, Christian? No, I, I was trying to tell you that I'm, I'm not that smart, but you're very <laughs> smart. And I am grateful that you're here. <laughs> Thank you. I am so You're grateful. Author of a book. You teach at Union Seminary. <laughs> Isn't that where uh where deep deep Dietrich Bonhoeffer studied? I mean, come on, right? Yes. Is there, is there a chair in one of the classrooms that says this is where Dietrich sat? <laughs> the whole place says. <laughs> <laughs> this is the stall where Dietrich right, exactly. the restroom during this period. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Well, well, welcome to the show, my my, my sister. Yeah. It's great to have you here. Uh, you know, tell us you you do you're you're kind of a tough one to introduce because you are a jack of many trades within <laughs> the uh, within God's kingdom and especially within the church and then within the Episcopal Church. But tell us, you know, what you've been up to most recently and how you see your gifts being used within the church. Yeah, thanks. Um, I am right now the interim worship director at Union Theological Seminary. Uh, one of the things that I've been doing, which is, has been awesome because I love social media, I love technology. Uh, when all of this started, COVID started, we had to go online for worship. 
uh, we do, it's a multi-religious um, community. Uh, so, you know, it's been just really, really great. And um, I, I, I hesitate to say fun, but it has been fun also. Uh, to just, you know, be with my siblings from all over uh, the world, actually, to worship together in different forms. And so that's been the, the really big part of my life since March, um, just doing it all online, going live, uh, doing pre-recorded things. And it has been tricky, it has been challenging, and it has been a really great experience. Um, I am in Sugarland, Texas right now, uh, where I have been since um, March, because you know, once I came, I, I was I came home for um, for the spring break holiday and stayed here because of um, how New York was, and so they, you know, we went virtual since March, and so I've been here. But of course, I, you know, still working for Union. I do a lot of work for the Episcopal Church Foundation as well, and I am a musician. Um, so, you know, those are just the the things that I do. <laughs> and you're an author? I am. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, the book came out, you know, it was like the birthday was May 18th. So um, it has been a labor of just everything that I've learned throughout my life, seeing my dad, my dad is a retired Episcopal priest um, and a pastor. He's been a pastor for over 50 years. And so what I saw in his ministry is what became real and real stands for respectful relationships, excellence, authenticity, and love. And that is something that I strive to do everywhere I'm at. Well, that, that is the, the number one thing that comes out of the book. It's all about relationships, relationships, relationships. And if, if your worship community is not focused on building relationships, uh, not only within the community, because we, we, we get tempted to get stuck in that, right? That we just, we have these little silos of whatever community we're, we're building up, uh, especially if you're a parish priest, right? Uh, but but this, this God is always moving us outside our comfort zones to be building relationships in our communities. Uh, and though that, that just plants seeds of healing and of reconciliation and of love and just goodness. And your book just nails that of just saying, get out there. Um, I love one line in your book that I just want to highlight uh, on here where you say, we often hear that the church is dying right? Because we often do hear that. People talk about it all the time. And you say, which may not be a problem. <laughs> which is so great. I loved it, right? Because people always try to like kind of manipulate this idea that it's the church dying. But you say that that's not a problem, guys, uh, since we are children of the resurrection, that's right? right? And it's, it's so wonderful. Uh, it, because in that line, I think was, to me, I interpret it also being like, you know, it may not be a problem that the church is dying because maybe some parts need to die. Right. And that's okay because God is all about, we, we, you know, from a Christian context, we come to the cross and it's, it's okay to allow some things to die because God's going to make something so much better. Right. right? Yeah, um, definitely. Which leads us to, you know, so today's show, you know, it is, I, I don't know if it's an age old question, but I know it is a, at least for me, a 20, 21st and 20th century question is now that we're so much more conscious or we're definitely I would say, or would you agree with me, that the church and maybe our country is more willing to talk about race than ever has been before. Mm -hmm. Like, just like, okay, let's have the conversation, whether it's contentious or open-minded or closed-minded, like, let's have the conversation. And mm -hmm. it was, we look at our church and be like, ugh, why, why, how often is it that our church space does not reflect 
the bounty and beauty and diversity of God's kingdom that we're trying to build, right? It's usually, as they say, 11 o'clock on Sunday is the most segregated hour of the week. Yeah. Um, I know that's a book in all of itself, but why is that as people of God? Um, and this is not for us to sit here and just, you know, whiplash our back and say, oh, we're horrible people, but, 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 but why is that? And especially let me, for our viewers out there who are, who are listeners, uh, Sandra Montes is, uh, you know, Latina. So you come with a, uh, a different lens. Uh, you see things that I won't see because I am a white male. <laughs> so I have a particular lens that I just miss a lot of things. So, uh, tell me, what, what's your what's your take on this? You know, I really think, and I've, again, I've been in church since I was born. I was evangelical, and now I'm Episcopalian. And it is, I feel like it's about comfort. I feel it's a lot of times we just want to be comfortable. We're afraid of discomfort. We're afraid of the unknown. Hmm. And a lot of times we ourselves segregate ourselves to just what is familiar to us, what looks like us. Um, and so those of us who come from other cultures, from other countries, um, from other whatevers, you know, a lot of times we, we do try to, you know, find a place where we belong. And, you know, we go around sometimes to look for that place. And we see that people, although they mean well, and they feel like they're being welcoming, etc. But it's, they want us to go in, but in, in on their terms mm. you know, as long as you just keep me comfortable i'm gonna you know i'm gonna welcome you but you need to just do what i do mm. and um so that's what i think i think that that's one of the reasons why we're so uh quote unquote segregated um around i mean you know the, the whole thing like the, what you said about the the quote about that we're dying um i often you know when i'm i go and talk around the country i say you know, but your church may be dying, but look right outside your doors. A lot of our neighborhoods are thriving. Mm -hmm. So why are they thriving and we're dying? <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make sense. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So let's get out there. That's really what it's about. And that's what we're called to do, you know, to love everybody, not just the people that come inside our buildings. Yeah. So if the it's great you lift up those two images you 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 look around the community and it's thriving it's going it's for whatever reason and then the church itself is this you know beautiful church building i can see it right now i'm looking at you know i spent 11 years in los angeles i can see one of these churches in one of these neighborhoods out in westchester and westchester is starting to blossom right it's like this uh uh, uh um, kind of a digital landscape uh they're building up like amazon like places around there for studios and then there's wow. this church out there though that that is should be thriving um right. but but it but it's but it's not so there's a disconnect between how the church connects with that community or is it or is just not connecting um right. and this gets into the whole thing of like well is just the the church archaic and are people preferring agnosticism or atheism but that's a whole different show but okay so let's let's start from the beginning yeah. so you're you we're, we're, you and i how about this? I have a church and it's mostly, and, and I, I serve a church right now and I say it's probably 99% white. And I would say Stewart is the most diverse place because I mean, there is an African-American population and a black population, but it, it, it is small, but it's two minutes away. It's just right across the train tracks. Wow. Uh, and so we've begun to plant seeds and we've begun over the last couple of years to have some 
healthy relationships with uh, black churches. Um, but how, how would we start to be say, well, you know what? We do want though our worship space and we do want our church community and our church family to begin to reflect more of the kingdom of God and to reflect, we do have, there are Latinos in Stewart um, out in Indian town. There are Caribbeans and African-Americans and uh, Africans. Yeah. How, how do we begin to say, let's create something awesome here where, 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 where all of us are here worshiping together? Yeah. You know, one of the things that, again, I say in the book, and it's something that I've lived and I've seen, the relationship thing is so important that we need to make it a point to be in relationship wherever we're at. So a lot of people, for example, the church that I, I grew up in, uh, in as an Episcopal person, um, it was not in our neighborhood, you know, where we live, where my parents and, and I live. Uh, but we, my dad, because that's where his church was he made it a point to go around the neighborhood you know like we, we talk a lot about doing prayer walks around the neighborhood uh to just you know look around to see what is it that we see who do we see what kind of uh buildings are there what kind of um businesses are around us so that's the first thing we have to do just look around to see who is around us um and then my dad what he did and what we did because we were with them is then you know just be there in the neighborhood for everything we ate there I mean all the time we ate just around you know that little um uh like a, a mile radius around the church you know we we visited we we spent money in the stores etc so you start building that relationship where it's not even anything like oh let's let's worship together but it's just that relationship of you're a person and I just want to get to know you uh, so I think that's the most important thing. Just, you know, just be, start those relationships and continue with those. Like you said, you have the relationships already with some people and just continue those, but make them more into like um, uh, a get to know you kind of thing. You know, there's no agenda. The only agenda is let's just get to know each other. And I think that's really, really important for everybody in your church space to have those opportunities, whether it is to share a meal or to play a game together, but that's where it starts. I think that's when we realize, oh, look, we have so many things in common. And even the things that we don't have in common, oh, they're interesting. You know, oh, wow, what are you eating? You know, those, those are the things that, you know, I always talk about how that reminds me of relationships, of romantic relationships, or even friendships. When you meet someone that, that you know, you're just attracted to for whatever reason, you want to get to know them. You want to get to know them deeply. So you ask a lot of questions. You spend a lot of time with them. I mean, there are all these things that you do because you're so interested. And that's mm -hmm. the same way I feel with love and God and religion. You know, we want to love people and then we want to share this big important part of our life, which for a lot of us is our religion. Um, and then so, you know, once you start talking and and it's no longer like taboo or uncomfortable, you know, then you start sharing that. And that's one way of getting together for, like you're saying, like worship, right? And it could be a Sunday. It may even be a Wednesday, maybe a Tuesday, whatever day, but you may share that worshipful space. Um, and then it becomes something like, oh, wow, we can actually do this together. Um, it's, it's difficult work though. It is difficult. You have to be committed. You have to be willing to, to be flexible and let go, uh, but it is, 
something I think that will be very, very fruitful. So this let, let's say thank you. This is great. What let's talk about the the difficulty because the idealistic part of it and is I mean just the image of it is awesome. You know, when I have been to churches that have a diverse population. Mm-hmm. And and what I mean by that is like it's truly a diverse population. So I don't mean going to a black church and being around all black people because that's not that's not diverse right so so when when i've been to there's a pastor here uh, a mentor of mine vincent polk who has a church that uh, i think traditionally would be called a black church but he has begun to now attract white families mm-hmm. and so you walk into that space and there's just a it brings this whole level of just this I mean, as a Christian, I would say the Holy Spirit. It's just, it just feels so alive because you see this colorful uh, 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 a group of people who just all of their hands in the air, who are just, it's all about God. I mean, everyone's all about God. But I think what, you know, when you talk to Vincent Polk of how he's been able to create that at his church, mm-hmm. you know, he had to talk to like, he told me one time, he had to talk to his band and mm-hmm. be like, so you guys can play some country music? And they'd be like, pastor, country music? He's like, we don't know how to play country music. We play black gospel. He's like, well, you better learn. Mm-hmm. You better learn. You got to learn how to play everything. You know how to play some rock and roll? They're like, oh, he's like, well, you better learn, right? Because our neighbors, our neighbors do. And so you got to get uncomfortable with your music. And I don't know. I don't care if you don't know how to do it. Learn how to do it because that's where the spirit's taking us. And that's just a small little example, though, of, of saying, yeah, this is how we used to do it. And this is how we do it. But I'm trying, I'm trying to see something bigger that God is up to. And we well, can't keep on... Like- that's a huge example. You know, I think, I think anything that puts you uh, beyond what you're comfortable, I mean, that's really tough. As um, I'm a musician and, I, you know, I tell people, I don't sing just songs that I like. You know, there are a bunch of songs that I don't like and I'm still singing because it's not about me, especially when, it, you know, we talk about church, we talk about religion. You know, it's not about me. It's about the people that are coming in. It's about you know, being a family, it's about bringing new instruments. It's about not singing and letting someone else sing instead of me. It's about, um, you know, just opening up the microphone, right? To, for other people to, to be able to speak up. Um, and, you know, I also think about it as home. You know, we often talk about church being a church family or, you know, uh, religions, you know, having siblings and, and, but how do we act when we're at home? You know, would it be the mm. same? You know, would I, if I invited you to my house, would I expect for you to do exactly what I do? You know, no, I wouldn't. You know, if I invited you to over, I would ask you, what kind of food do you eat? You know, what kind of music do you like? Because uh, I want to be respectful to you. I want you to feel comfortable, even in that uncomfortableness of, ooh, it's our first time in a different space. Um, but I, you know, but the only way that I will know how to help you feel more comfortable in my space is by knowing you. Um, and it may be, you know, buying a CD of country music. I don't know if that's like, but, you know, or, or it may be, you know, getting like, you know, you have a baby now, you know, it may be, I need to have a, a space where uh, he could sleep. You know what I mean? But I wouldn't know that unless I, I, I spoke with you and I had conversations with you. So for me, it's that, you know, you, you, you open up your space because it's not really yours, right? I mean, we're talking about religious spaces. It's God's space. It's not mm. mine. Um, and, and really the quote unquote, the church or however you want to call this 
group of people that believe in something. It is the people outside. It's not really inside those doors. And I, one of the things that COVID has brought to a lot of us is, is that knowledge that church is not in the building. You know, church is outside. It's wherever everyone is at. Um, and this is such a great opportunity to be able to reach anyone right now, you know, online and through social media, through video, through YouTube, et cetera. And it's, it's such a great opportunity that I hope that we continue it when we go back, if we go back to our buildings the same way. Right. And I, 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 this is like the, the fun you were talking about. It's hard to say fun because we know right. that it's just a lot of Americans are not experiencing anything close to fun right now right. Um, or people in the, uh, throughout the globe. However, as folks like you and I who appreciate uh, the digital world, mm -hmm. uh, who found once this all started happening, I'll admit there, there were some endorphins released in me being like, oh, wow, a big focus now yep. as a minister is going to be the digital world, the digital church. And, uh, and but if we had the rabbi on here, he would have been, he was freaked out because he doesn't like the digital world. He's like, ah, right. So it's, for everyone, there's discomfort or comfort, but, yes. uh, but you, you were, you were, you were checking me on this yesterday being like, take advantage right. of what the digital landscape is offering to you right now for building a diverse or, or starting to plant the seeds for this. You can, all you have to do is ask a, a pastor or anyone who can pre-record a sermon right. or a song yeah. and even though they, because because here's the thing, and, and we've tried to do a lot of like have uh, local ministers and singers from other churches, particularly black churches and Stuart, uh, try to do some collaborations. But a lot of times it's just a, a conflict of uh, scheduling. And, and the black churches here, when they start church, they're there all day, right? It's not like us in the white church. Be like, yeah, I'm done. We start at 10. We're done around 1115. <laughs> we start at eight. I'll be, I might be done at 4 p.m. <laughs> so it's like, he's like, yeah, Joe, I can't come over. Um, but But now you can't. Yeah, right? totally. Now you can because we could pre-record it or you can just jump in for a Zoom and do something for five minutes. And yeah. so there's a lot of possibilities now for us to say, how do we plant the seeds and start introducing this to our communities and, right. and showing, showing and, face? Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's what's, you know, at the beginning, that's all you need to do is just see something different. You know, before you take a big step of, okay, now we're going to open up, we're all going to be together. I think it's just those, you know, little nuggets of, this is something different. You may be uncomfortable, but you're on Zoom, so you can mute it. You know, you can, you know, step away for a second and come right back. I mean, you know, technology gives us so much freedom. And this is the time to experiment. Pastors, rabbis, you know, wh whoever you are, this is a time to experiment. Trust me, this is the time. Do it. it is. <laughs> and, and people are more, at least uh, in, in our context, my context of St. Mary's, people are very forgiving because they know we're just trying to figure out this digital thing. So if we do patch in, you and I have a good friend on Ecuador, you know, uh, Reverend Juan Carlos, yeah. and we totally screw up the whole Zoom connection. Uh, the people are going to be like, hey, listen, they're trying. It's the digital okay. world. And we love what they're doing. And they're excited about that. Exactly. Where, you know, people have had this forgiven. So, all right. So uh, well, let's take a quick break. And right. when we come back, let's go a little further Ooh. about the realities of doing this work and really let's go more into the discomfort and also what it means that we have to give up something too so uh let's 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 get into that and uh, we'll be right back here on a priest and a rabbi we're on air with sandra montez and it is a joy to have her here and we're talking about diversity in the church and why is sometimes uh 11 o'clock sunday morning the most segregated hour of the week so stay with us here on a priest and the rabbi we'll be right back
hilarious. You're listening to a priest and a rabbi podcast. If you haven't done so yet, make sure to subscribe and please leave a rating and a review, five-star rating and a positive review if you can. We certainly appreciate it. That is the best way to make sure that others out there just like you can find this podcast. If you want to get in contact with Father Christian and Rabbi Durbin, you can do so by emailing a priest and a rabbi at gmail.com. And the absolute best way to get a hold of the fellas is to call into the radio show. This podcast airs live on the radio every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. on WSTU 1450. And you can listen live online at WSTU1450.com. And if you want to join the show, you can call in to 772-220-9788. That's 772-220-9788. Hey everyone, this is Father Christian here on A Priest and a Rabbi, so happy for you to be here on this podcast with us. And and I want to uh, let you know that I have uh, started a uh, YouTube channel called Your Favorite Christian, and you can check it out on YouTube, and uh, every Monday I drop a new episode, and it's always through the lens of faith, but taking on different topics such as dating, relationships, marriage, pop culture. Uh, I've done one recently where I went out to the art show and talked about how do we find our relationship with God through all the what all the latest artists are doing. Um, last week was what do women really want um, in a man, uh, and interviewing different people to be a part of that. So uh, please check that out on YouTube. Subscribe, like, share, uh, put on the notifications so you get that every Monday. Um, I also want to let you know of uh, we this podcast wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a generous donor from St. Mary's Episcopal Church who wishes to remain anonymous. All he asked, though, was that um, the information gets out that St. Mary's Episcopal Church here in Stewart has a healing center. And so you can call if you're looking for a counselor, someone to be there for you during a challenging time. And you can call the church at 772-287-3244. We also have a group of Stephen ministers who have been trained over 50 hours of training to be with you and walk with you during a time of crisis. They are not counselors. They are trained just to be more of the presence um, of, of Christ or and, and walk with you during a time of crisis, whether it's a, a good crisis of having, oh my gosh, my daughter's about to get married, or if there's something a little bit heavier. So give us a call, 772-287-3244, and I thank that anonymous donor who uh, makes this all possible. All right, God bless you, and enjoy the rest of the podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to A Priest and a Rabbi, though today we don't have a rabbi, so I got the next best thing, and that is Sandra Montez. So, Sandra, you just run with that. Well, why would you be the next best thing to a rabbi? I, I love why? that. Because you worship and you follow a rabbi, right? That's right. That's right. What's a rabbi, you know? So, um, anyway, so, so if you're just tuning in, uh, Sandra Montez is here with us. Uh, and she uh, works over at Union Theological Seminary in New York City. The city's so nice, they named it twice. That's right. <laughs> she's also uh, a member of the Episcopal Church. She used to work in the, she used to, was a, uh, uh, in the evangelical tradition as well. So she's got a diverse background. Um, and, and if you missed the first half of the show, you can always check out our podcast, uh, which is on all podcast platforms. If you have any phone calls or any, any, any ideas about why we struggle with diversity in our worship spaces and also just within our pair in our, in our congregations, give us a call 772-220-9788. Uh, 220-9788. Uh, so w- in the first half of the show, we were talking about, okay, so 
uh, let, let's create these spaces. Let's, let's create a place where our congregations can reflect the beauty of God. Um, mm. And that sounds wonderful, but we know that work is, can be challenging because if we're the ones who are hosting and saying, come worship with us, we want to create a diverse community. That means we're going to have to also give up some yep. stuff too, because that means, well, uh, like you said, I'm going to welcome you into my home. Right. In order for you to feel comfortable, I probably want to ask some questions and find out what kind of food you like, mm -hmm. right? what kind of drinks do you like? Mm -hmm. um, if, there, if, there, if there's something cultural going on, like what should I be aware of so I know how to right. honor you and honor you well, right? Um, mm -hmm. You and I both have a relationship with Ecuador and I, my church was always blown away when we go to Ecuador, just how in tune they are to you as a guest and they mm -hmm. will create a space that is so welcoming to you. Yeah. Um, so they had to do a lot of work for that and they do a lot of work for that. Um, so we feel welcome and invited. So let's, let's talk about that work because I'm sure you have a lot of churches who reach out to you because I know you, you uh, give advice and you counsel and you coach other congregations. Yeah. When they come to you and say, Sandra, there's a huge Latino population um, right. in our community and we just want to invite them in and right. let's, let's all get together and praise Jesus together. Yeah. Uh, what, 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 what are some of the pitfalls that people might fall into when doing this work? Well, you know, the first thing I say, please do not start on Cinco de Mayo. You know, it's not, <laughs> no, you know, if, if, if you have a mustache on and are, you know, holding a maraca, you're not doing it right. So just please, that's the first thing. Don't do it. I know it sounds fun. It's not something we celebrate. Um, and please do not just bring in, you know, like the Virgin of Guadalupe, La Virgen de Guadalupe. You know, don't, don't do things that you think are right. They are usually not, <laughs> you know, because if you're wondering, oh, is this right? And if it's in, what's it called? If you bought it at Party City, do not use it. So um, I think the, the first thing that you have to do is just, again, the relationship, right? Just the relationship. Ask what people want and need. Um, don't just give, 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 but also make that invitation. Uh, because I know that um, one a person, now, now Bishop Frank Logue, one of the things that he shared um, once when, um, was that he had this great community um, stuff going on in his church. You know, they had like a, a, a space for children and, you know, for food ministries, et cetera. They had a bunch of different ministries, but none of the people that came to, to get those ministries um, or that outreach came to his church. And so one day they had like this big party for, for all of them, you know, just a celebration uh, for all of the people that came that would come to get all of these different ministries going. Um, and he asked somebody, he's like, you know what, you know, I have never seen you at my church, but you come often for this thing. And he said, and the person said, well, it's because you've never invited me. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And I think that's a key thing to invite people. You know, once you start those relationships, just, you know, the next step is inviting. One of the things that people that I know Episcopalians do well is throw a good party. And I think that is where you can start too. You can start with just having a get together for the people around your neighborhood, uh, with just so that people know that you're there. Once they know that you're there, you know, of course, invite people. And, and, you know, I, in the evangelical tradition, sometimes people are like, you know, if you're in a different church, even if it is a Christian church, they want you to leave that church and come to their church, right? Well, that's not how we Episcopalians are. And I don't think anybody should be like that. You know, just invite people that don't have a church home. That's who we want to invite, right? That's who we want to invite to come, start coming 
and uh, if they don't have a church home. But if they do, you know, that's when we invite them to come and, you know, just share our space to teach us things, to help us with different um, activities or music or preaching, et cetera. Uh, but just have those, you know, those spaces where you get to know each other. Then once you know what people are looking for, because maybe, you know, the Latino population that's around your church, they may need a place where people come to do uh, some, you know, like to use computers or uh, to, you know, to have a homework space. So then you do that, right? So then that's what you start providing for people as well as the, the uh, divine intervention, uh, you know, as well as uh, praying with them and inviting them to church. But you, you find that out only by speaking. So that's what I tell people, don't do what you think you should do, but get to know people. And then they, you know, people will tell you what they need once you start speaking to them. Um, and then you'll get to know them and then you can do that. You can do, maybe they, they want a quinceañera. You know, a lot of Latinos, once they, you know, turn 15 and now even boys, before it was usually just girls, but they have these quinceañeras. And so they may need a space to have their church service for that. Mm -hmm. And that may be your ministry. You know, they may not come back to church to worship on a Sunday morning, but they may just come for those things that they need uh, where other churches fall short. Your church may be the one church where they can feel safe uh, to celebrate uh, different things that they have. So I think that's, that's really what it is. Just get to know people and we will tell you what we need as people of color, um, as diverse people. Well, th this is, I think this, what, what I'm hearing is, so a, a church gets together, let's say they're it's a homogenous church and let's just say it's all white and say, listen, we got this Latino community that's right next to us. How do we make it so they come over and worship with us? Which is, okay, great, cool. Well, you have to be prepared for that when you go out and start the, as I'm reading in Becoming Real, your book, the R, the relationship, that through that relationship, you might realize, well, if I really, if I'm all about forming a relationship with my community, and that's where God is leading us into the community, mm -hmm. that, and the community is telling me what they need, it doesn't look like a diverse worship service on Sunday morning, what mm -hmm. it looks like, a tutoring program, right? right? Uh, right. Then the, what, what the vision that the church might have of this beautiful thing that we're all together and hands up in the air and yeah. having bilingual music and stuff like that, you might have to put that on hold. Yes. And, and, and it's not about you now. Now it's about God and the community and say, yeah. okay, we really want to do this work. And what God is asking us to do and what we're hearing from the community is they need the tutoring program or they need a space for the quinceanera or whatever. Or they need, you know, a space on Saturday afternoon. That's where they, you know, because they're working all other times, maybe Saturday afternoon is the only time that they would have to come worship, you know? And, and I think that's where we as people of God who want to be diverse, who want to do whatever for our communities, that's where we are called to say, you know, to be flexible. You know, we're the ones that need to be flexible, not the people that we're inviting. We have to, you know, uh, move things around. Um, another, you know, one thing that we see in a lot of, for me at least, Episcopal churches, a lot of times we give people, like you're saying, you know, the 11 o'clock hour, we don't give the 11 o'clock hour when we invite, you know, another group of people to come to our church and use our church building. We give them the 5 p.m., the 1 p.m., you know, just these really weird times that they're not the prime time. You know, that's another way to be hospitable and to invite people into our space is to say, you know what, y'all take the Spanish language service at 11 a.m. and we'll take the other weird time. 
And a lot of churches won't do that. You know, a lot of churches, no, 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 no. I was here first. You know, no, you know, we, we can't change. And so that is not being the people of God. That's not being hospitable. That's not being uh, welcoming. It's just, again, and expecting for people to just do what I want you to do. Um, and like you said, we have to give up, you know, I, I call it giving a power. Um, a lot of times we just have to give our power away, you know, just make space for somebody else. That doesn't mean that we don't matter. It means that we're, we are seeing that there is a void. How do we fill it? How do we help people, you know, find their voice also, especially people, you know, who are marginalized. We a lot of times don't, you know, don't feel safe in white spaces. You know, we don't feel like we can speak because it's not safe for us to. So how do we do that is by those relationships, by speaking, by allowing ourselves to just kind of, you know, be in the background and have other people be lifted up. I mean, just, you know, just by being loving and it's, it's tough. It is tough, tough work. It's tough because why? As we, you know, spoke at the beginning, the comfort, the fear, I think a lot of people also have fear. You know, if I give an inch, will they take, what, what is that saying, the mile or whatever? Right, 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 right. Um, you know, the, the uncertainty, are they going to be back? You know, a lot of times I know people think like, well, will they be back? You know, are they going to, um, are we doing all this stuff and then they don't ever come back? And that's, you know, we shouldn't be thinking that way. You know, it should just be about, all right, we are doing this out of love. And yes, it's uncomfortable. Yes, it's tough work because, you know, that's relationships are tough work. You know, let's be totally honest here. It is not easy to be in a relationship with somebody, you know, because a lot of times I have to be quiet so that you speak. You know, <laughs> you know I have to not, uh, I don't know, eat my favorite meal because you're, you don't like it. You don't like the smell or something. You know what I mean? Like it's tough work. Um, I was in a relationship for eight years. Now I'm single. Maybe that's why, because it was too tough to work. <laughs> you know, by the way, I'm single, everybody. So, you know, that's right. <laughs> and, but it's just, you know, I remember um, when, whenever he wanted to do something that I did not like, but yet I would do it, you know, because I'm like, all right, let's, you know, I'm going to do this because I love you. And, you know, I am going to go watch this movie or, you know, look at this, whatever. Uh, and you know what? He, he is white. So that was another thing that really helped me as a Latina. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I often tell people is, to you know, during Lent, when we're trying to figure out, you know, Episcopalians and, you know, a lot of Roman Catholics, et cetera, we try to figure out what to give up, what to uh, take on. Um, one of the things that I always try to do is, you know, how do I get to know people that are nothing like me, right? And so I realized one year that, you know, I was dating a white man, but I had maybe three other white friends, like close mm -hmm. friends. And I thought, okay, how do I get to know more white, older, um, straight um, males? How do I become, you know, start with relationship? with people who, or, you know, conservative, who are nothing like me. And yet we have so much in common when, once we start talking. Mm -hmm. And that is a work, some work that I also had to do. Yeah. Because you know, it was easy for me to tell people, oh, you have to, you know, start uh, having friendships of people of color. 
but what about me? You know, who am, who is missing in my pictures? You know, that's one thing that I ask people to do all the time. Look at your phone, who's in your pictures, you know, who is missing. And, and I had to do that myself. You know, who is missing from my pictures? Who's missing from my social media? And, you know, I have to, you know, walk the walk, right? Walk the talk. The, what, what is that? Walk the talk, talk the walk. However you say walk that. Walk, yeah. Yeah. I had to do that too. Walk and, it like you talk it. Walk right. it like you talk it. Exactly. Well, I, you know, and it's uh, that same exercise you just proposed for us and our phones. It's like any church or mosque or temple can look at their Facebook page mm-hmm. and say, what's missing here? Right. Because when someone comes and looks at your Facebook page and if there's a person of color in your community and they're going to look at there and be like, oh, God, I might be a little uncomfortable. There's no one who looks like me. Right. There's no one who looks like me. And I, and I have to hand it, you know, I learned this in seminary, how intentional you need to be. Uh, so in the Episcopal church is like, what does the altar look like? And, yeah. and who's serving at the altar? The priests. We have we have priests up there. We have deacons. We have acolytes. We have choir. There's, mm-hmm. there's these folks who kind of represent uh, the people of yeah. the church. Uh, and and we got super conscious, I think, in a very good and healthy way of. Of, and it's not like it's affirmative action. This is just God action of, yeah. of looking up there and be like, are we really representing the kingdom of God? So if a, if a woman came in here right. and looked up there and just, so just saw a bunch of men up there, well, she can be like, well, okay, I know what place I'm in. I know what they stand for, right? Um, and and yeah. but if it, Or the same thing for a person of color, right? So I think that's, I know that we've had black families, lots of Caribbean families come into our church mm-hmm. and then I don't see them again. Right, because I, I could understand it. They look around and be like, "Well, yeah. there's no one here like me," and this is going to be kind of awkward and weird. So, one of the the beauties about working from home, being a consultant and things like that, is that I get to, or actually, when my dad um, retired uh, from the priesthood, I kind of retired from our church as well. So, I left the church, that church, and so I started visiting different churches, which I often do because I travel a lot. But this was conscious and I blogged about it. And it was, you know, it was that, you know, people uh, that thought they were very welcoming did not even look at me. Um, and by the way, if you don't know what I look like, I'm a big woman. I'm Latina. I'm, I'm short, but big. And uh, I usually have a different color of hair. You know, it's never the quote unquote normal colors. It's blue or red or, you know, um, what's it called right now? It's pink. So it's, you can't miss me. All right. And plus I dress very loudly and I sing really loudly. So you cannot miss me. Um, and yet I was ignored in most of the churches that I, that I um, visited in about a six month period. And it was very, very tough for me. I mean, cause most of them were in Houston here in my diocese and, um, and it was tough. And, you know, when I blogged about it, uh, you know, I called, I said where I went and um, I try to be, have softer language, but I did say, you know, what I felt, you know, there were several times when nobody gave me the peace. There were several times when the priest didn't even look at me. Uh, you know, it was just very tough. And one of these times when I went, which was really funny, uh, it was a great congregation. I mean, there were, you know, blacks, whites, Latinos and women and men, et cetera, in the altar but they're cushions, Christian. It was so crazy. All the cushions, you know, where you kneel or the kneelers mm-hmm. uh, up on the altar had male names, you know, <laughs> Abraham, Isaac, and Matthew, et cetera, all. And I was like, what? Like, you, you know, 
but I think you hit the nail on the head when you say like, you know, if a woman came in, this is when you need to get your, your friends who may never go to church mm. or may never go to, you know, a uh, religious service and get, especially your honest friends to come in and just check your place out. You know, just tell me exactly what you see, you know, be brutal. Just tell me what is it that you see and what we can um, improve on. That's the, one of the best things to do, especially when somebody who does, has absolutely no buy-in, like they don't care, you know, if they hurt right. your feelings or whatever, like, because they don't care. That's the best person to have just, or, or invite somebody that does not look like anybody in the church and just say, could you uh, please come and just tell us exactly what you see? Because you're going to miss it, right? If you're just yeah. looking through a particular lens, you will miss things. Oh, you, yeah, you need to bring in those other lenses. Yeah. Yeah, totally. We, we had a, uh, I mean, a lot of churches um, struggle with this is that uh, the stained glass windows, right? And in, in, yeah. in, our, in our churches and they're beautiful and they're gorgeous, but many times they've been created through Anglo eyes. Right. And so, you know, you, you look up at the stained glass windows and usually there's a white Jesus and uh, maybe a white Moses. And uh, so they don't, they don't even look Semitic, right? They, they don't even look like from the Middle East. Um, and so that would be, but, but we're just seeing that through our lens and we don't even think about it. And we're, we're not, we're not trying to maybe, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Um, white aside the Bible, we're not even aware of it, right? Yeah. But until someone, a friend of color comes in and says, Hey, I just want you, you know that, were you aware of that? And you're like, oh gosh, I never thought of it that way. Well, no, that wouldn't be inviting, you know? So yeah. it's, it's um, again, it, it gets, but you have to be willing like in any relationship right. to say, you know, is, is this, tell me, tell me what you think about this and how do, how do I change to make this work? Cause for, for our right. relationship, for our to work. So tell me this, you know, cause we're getting near the end of the show here and I, and, and I want to see, ask you, for the for for congregations that you have seen yeah. that have developed a a diverse community mm-hmm. um, in, in a neighborhood somewhere, um, did did it take months years oh, to get to that yeah. place? Yes, <laughs> you know it takes a long time. You know one one of the things that I do tell you know, seminarians and uh, church planters is to start early. Just like with stewardship, you know, for the money thing, I tell them just start from the first moment you have a meeting, you know, put a can out and say tip, whatever it takes, just start early. Um, and however, many of us do go to churches that have been there for a long time. So we, you know, don't have the luxury of starting over. But as soon as you become aware, you know, one of the things that, you know, I think I forgot who said it, maybe Maya Angelou, but, you know, do what you can until you know better than do better. Um, once you're aware of where you need to go, that's when you have to start and you have to be committed to doing something right. And it's a buy-in. It has to be a commitment from your, um, at least the leadership of your church. It's going to be tough. It's going to get ugly. Some people are going to leave. Trust Mm -hmm. me. Some people are going to leave and that is okay. God, um, in our Bible says, uh, that God will provide for all our needs. That includes, in my opinion, money, uh, memberships, et cetera. So, I, you know, just it's it's going to be rough. It is not easy. It's like birthing. It's like, that's what I think about the resurrection. You know, it will be death of some things that need to die. Um, and it will be resurrection of other things that you can't even imagine the, the magnitude and the, and the beauty of what will come. 
but it does take time. There must be buy-in. There must be commitment. Um, it will take time. Relationships, you know, like I, I love watching these love shows because I love love. So you like, you know, like this, what, 90 day fiance or, you know, married at first sight and stuff. It, you know, it doesn't work like that. It takes time. You know, you, you, you may have that first attraction that's really easy, but then what does it take to actually think, oh, I, I can spend the rest of my time with this person. It's the same thing. You know, I can spend the rest of my time with, with the, our new siblings from around our neighborhood. Um, you have, again, the commitment is key because when it take, when it gets tough and you kind of want to divorce, you're going to have to, you know, say, no, I am committed to this. Mm-hmm. And even if nobody showed up to my, you know, to the service that they all said that they wanted, because I know that that's happened before to my dad many times, I'm still going to continue to have faith that everything will be okay. You know, we, um, in religion, uh, we have faith. We believe in something that many of us can't see. And that is the same thing with this. It's, it just takes faith, time, love, and it will be okay. <laughs> yeah. And what I'm hearing too is be, what are you willing to give up, right? Yeah. To create this space. So if you're the church that's looking to invite folks in, well, something new is going to be created. And if something new is going to be created, then we know that that, that maybe something old needs to die. And that's the big step, I think, you know, say, yes, we want a diverse community, but if we want a diverse community, it's gotta be a new creation. And there's gonna be new cooks in the kitchen with us who are saying, right. yeah. why don't we try it this way and this way? And we have to be like, yes. okay, even though we did yes. it this way before, we yeah. wanna create something new here. Yeah. We're committed to the work. And uh, so you're right, there has to be a lot of discernment, a lot of talk for and prepare our hearts and minds for what God is leading us. Uh, and trust that this is this is exciting stuff for God. That this is not about us. It's not about us trying to be politically correct, to be cool, or be in the moment. This is this is we're reflecting the kingdom of God. Yes. Uh, and so this is this is awesome and glorified works. Yeah. Um, speaking of awesome and, and full of full of God's glory, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Miss Sandra, for uh, taking so the time to be here. Uh, please let people know if they want to learn more about becoming real, your book, and just learn more about parsing out everything you've been talking about today, how, how can they find your book? And find yeah, more? you can find it on Amazon. You can find it on, a, you know, wherever great books are sold. No, um, <laughs> it is by Church Publishing. So Becoming Real and Thriving in Ministry or just put Becoming Real and Sandra Montes and you'll find me. Uh, you can find me on social media. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, etc. I love to uh, talk to people. So, you know, just if you find me, reach out. And one thing you'll get with Sandra is honesty. She's within the Episcopal church. She is the voice that says, hold up guys, let me call this out. And uh, it's wonderful. It's just, it's, you have a lot of courage, my dear. And I appreciate it. Thank you. And and to those of you out there who are also truth tellers, it is lonely work, but it is important work. And we must continue even when it's tough and, and have people like Christian, you know, you, you, you give me so much, um, hope and you know when you say you know keep doing it it just helps me uh, out so you know just know that it is good work and thank you for your work that you're doing really appreciate it i'm grateful for you my dear lots of love to you um and i continue to to be inspired and learn from you and i'm so grateful for this book next to me and uh, this this inspires the work that we do at st mary's um, in our community so uh god bless you my sister and i'll see you out there in the kingdom Bye. Thank you all. It's fun.
All right, everybody. So that is a wrap on another show here for Priest and the Rabbi. Next week, we'll have our rabbi back. We love him. We pray for him that he's uh, all good and doing the great work that God continues for him to do in our community. God bless you all. Catch us on our podcast to catch the whole show. Just Google a Priest and the Rabbi podcast and you will find us wherever your nice, fine podcasts are found. God bless you. Have a beautiful and safe weekend.